Hey y'all, hey, what is up? It is your girl, Jamee, and welcome back to the Blonde Misfit Podcast, where we talk about, Lord, what do we talk about? We talk about everything. We talk about fashion, beauty, lifestyle, entrepreneurship, black girl magic, becoming a content creator, all the good things, all the good things. So if any of those topics interest you, and I'm sure they do, because hello, you here, you might as well go on and subscribe to the podcast. I would gladly welcome you to the Misfit Gang. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Come in, kick your feet up, put a little edge control on, pour a glass of wine, whatever you need to do to feel comfortable. And if this is not your first time tuning in, thank you so much for pulling back up on the kid. I love it. I love it. And I know y'all are really proud of me because I said that this is the year we're going to be consistent with the podcast. And I done given y'all three episodes back to back. Won't he do it? Mm. Child. I'm so excited to continue to talk to you guys, not just about the podcast, but just continue to keep you updated on my content creation journey. Make sure that you are following me across social. I am literally at the blonde misfit across all social platforms. So I would love if y'all hit me up, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on LinkedIn, hit me up on TikTok, hit me up wherever, like let's chat. So Today, I want to talk about mistakes that entrepreneurs make because as an entrepreneur myself, there are a lot of mistakes that I made. Look, (laughs) I am very open about admitting that I did not know what I was doing. I still half the time don't, but I really didn't know back then. And there were a lot of mistakes that I made. And uh, thankfully, there were none that ever took me out, right? I'm still in business today. I'm still doing the things that I'm doing now. Yay, praise God. But There are a lot of mistakes that entrepreneurs, myself included, have made that I want to make sure that if you are an entrepreneur out there, or if you're a content creator, or you're just someone trying to learn how to navigate these spaces that you do not make or you keep an eye out for, okay? Um, Also, one of the things I was thinking about the other day, and I'm just put this out here in this episode, and we're just going to see how this goes. I want you all to also remember that the things that I am sharing are coming from my lens, my perspective, what else? I am not a lawyer. Okay, so please do not take my things for Bible. Some mistakes you're just gonna have to make. Did that rhyme? I think it did. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like this is just a conversation that we're having, and I'm just sharing from my personal lens and my experience. Okay, cool. So, um, the first mistake that I realize a lot of entrepreneurs make, and that I made myself, is not planning. One of the biggest mistakes we make is not planning. And it's so necessary when you're starting a business. It's important for you to set goals and create a plan of action. This helps you stay organized and on track. And y'all, please like take it from me because I am, it's the Aquarius in me. I actually don't like planning a lot of things. I love going off whim. I love going off of intuition. I love going off vibes. <laughs> I've always been this way. And I'm very much so the, the person who will hit you up on Wednesday and be like, yo, you trying to go out to the bar tonight? Like, I'm very much so that person um, who will just randomly sporadically make a decision for herself, including for her business. And that is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. There should always be, I think, room for innovation and just like jumping on something that excites you don't get me wrong but you need to plan 
Uh, this is why a lot of business owners also have business plans. If you don't have a business plan, if you don't have a marketing plan for your business yet, I would definitely urge you to create one. The Blonde Misfit has had one for years and I've even done a second one because as I've grown older and I've gotten to know more about the industry and what specifically I'm looking for, I've gone back and I've tweaked the original business plan. Your business plan is like your business roadmap in many ways. It is your North Star you know what you're working towards. And that is one of the biggest things that I see when it comes to planning. If you plan, then you know where you're going. You have your OKRs, you have your uh, goals set in mind, you have the things that you're striving for, and you can actually break those down into smaller nuggets and pieces so that you can achieve them. I don't know what, I forgot what that saying is. It's like, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that is so true. Planning does not mean that you take the heart out of your business, which is what I thought for many years. I was like, if I get too stoic and too tight, uptight, then I'm going to lose all of the, the juice that my brand is supposed to stand for. And that could be not very farther from the truth, honey. Planning those things out allow you to sort of know what is coming down the pipeline, where you can be allocating more resources towards, but then ultimately you have something that you can measure, right? Remember we talked about this in last week's episode. If you did not listen to last week's episode about setting my goals for 2023 and how you can do it as well, definitely check that out because we talked about SMART goals and how important those are as a business owner. Now I like to plan everything. I like to plan my captions. I like to plan out my outfits. I like to plan out my content calendar. I'm still not where I would like to be, but the reality is as a solopreneur, it's very often uh, you just trying to figure everything out all at one time. But planning will be your best friend in this. So I cannot emphasize enough the art of planning putting your goals down on paper, putting your uh, success metrics down on paper and really looking at those things. Like for me, when I was thinking about my goals for this year, I I had to write down my goals, but then I also had to put an action plan. I can't just say, oh, I want this many uh, followers or I want this many brand campaigns or I want this many speaking events and then not actually put a plan behind that. So many people, I think, don't have vision. And if they do, they don't actually think about the steps that it requires to take to get there. And I think that when you sit down and you map it out, you you obviously have the blueprint right there. You can build off it at any point, but you also have something that it's like, okay, cool. Even if nothing else changes in the business, I can move forward with this. So this is one of the the biggest mistakes that I have made in my biz in my business and that I've been trying to rectify over the past, like I would say year or so, I've been trying to get more into this idea about planning and mapping things out and not always being so impulsive. It's good to plan. It's like the adult thing to do, you know? <laughs> so my number one would be not planning. So make sure you plan, plan, plan. Number two, and this is actually like, kind of in the same vein, but it's like on the other side of the boat, girl. It is not taking enough risks. A lot of people do not want to take risks. And I'm just say this because I'm gonna be very honest and and transparent as I always am on this podcast. Um, I was taught to be risk adverse. 
I was taught by family members to be risk adverse. You go with what you know, you lean into that, you do that very, very well, and you grow that way. There wasn't really a lot of opportunities where I was said, I was taught like, trust your gut, jump, the net will appear. And it's really interesting because when I talk to a lot of people, they see me as that person who coaches and cheerleads for others to do that. And I love that. I guess that goes back to the whole Aquarius, just like I'm with, I'm just with it, right? Because I, I want people to feel 100% free in who they are all the time. But I can admit that like, I did not take a lot of risks. There are so many things that I look back on that I was like, Jamee, you had the idea or you had the content idea, you had the whatever, and you just, for whatever reason, decided not to go for it because you thought that you were gonna fail or that you were gonna look stupid or that people were gonna laugh at you or this and that and the third. And let me just say this. I'm sure there's a lot of content out there over the years. I mean, I've been doing I've been doing this type of work since honestly like 2010, 2011. Um there's a, probably a lot of content out there that you guys have seen me do that probably you laughed at. And that's okay. <laughs> there's probably a lot of content out there especially once I became a brand owner in 2014, 2015, that people looked and they turned their nose up at, or they said, oh, I don't know who she thinks she is and all that stuff. And the reality is this, not taking risks doesn't progress. You know what? Let me not say that because I was about to use a whole bunch of double, double negatives and the English major in me couldn't do it. Taking risks does not guarantee success nor failure. So you might as well sometimes take risks. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go out here and bet all of your savings on something and not having a plan. Remember, number one, not planning. But number two <laughs> is not taking the risks. Like, sis, you have that bomb idea. Why are you not putting pen to paper and making it happen? Why are you not posting those reels? Why are you not posting that short form video content? Why are you not um, hitting up that person who looks like you could, you know, be that they could be your next investor? Why are you not betting on yourself? And let me get and let me just clarify this. Betting on yourself does not mean that you are throwing caution to the wind. If you do number one, which is plan things out, I think that you equip yourself to take more risks. Now, look, I like to speak in examples because I know some of y'all are out there. Probably you like, Jermaine, I don't know what you're even talking about, girl. Okay. Let's say, for instance, I have been building my brand on the side for years and I'm finally getting that itch and I'm feeling called, I'm feeling led by the Lord to finally step out and become a full-time brand owner or entrepreneur. Let's just use that as the example, okay? Number one, not planning. Y'all just get up here and y'all just quit your job. Your day job that had health benefits, <laughs> okay? That had health benefits, maybe a travel stipend and a guaranteed check every two weeks. You just jumping out on faith and saying, Lord, let the net appear. But also you have not planned for a rainy day. You don't have no money in savings. You don't have a partner or someone who can 
can upfront the cost of the bills. In the meantime, while you land, you don't even have any clients, child, your website don't even exist. Like, no. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying you got to plan. So in that situation, okay, cool. Maybe you have now identified that it's time for you to become a full-time brand, brand um, owner. Planning means, okay, how, what do I need to do between now and the time that I would like to leave to ensure that everything is laid out. So for instance, if there is no money coming in, I know that the things that I need to allocate for are paid, are paid. And that's not just bills, honey. Okay, look, I have monthly bills for my business. It don't matter how many followers you got, the government and the, and the companies, uh, everybody, constant contact, uh, <laughs> uh, Adobe Premiere, everybody. Everybody want their money. It don't matter. It don't matter any of that stuff. It don't matter if you hit your goals or not. They want their money. So you have to take into account all of those things. This is why I say planning is where you where you benefit from because you can map those things out. Okay, cool. Now, instead of just jumping ship, unless it's a toxic situation, like that's a very different story. But I'm talking about like if you have the opportunity and you can wait it out a little longer. Okay, cool. Now I actually have a plan for a year and a half from now. But by the time I hit that year and a half, I can then take the risk now going into number two of betting on myself because over the past year and a half, I've been putting money to the side to ensure that I can pay for rainy days because I know that they come. You got to take a risk. And I look at all the opportunities that I've missed. Now, granted, there's this idea that, again, nothing will pass you by. And I do believe that. But I also do believe you can self-sabotage your success by not stepping out and not trying and not doing. I look at the things that I could have been doing, things I could have been doing during the pandemic, things I could have been trying. And at the time, I was like, eh, I don't know. eh. And again, thinking I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to this. Honey, first of all, it's like this. If you're going to look stupid, you're going to look stupid. Put the content out there. You might as well have the content out there. It's like that saying, like, would you rather uh, cry in a Honda or in a Porsche? Put me in the Porsche, baby. And they be and then people want to be like, oh, I, I would rather not cry at all. That's not the question. <laughs> the question is, if you have to choose where you're going to cry, where are you going to cry? Let me cry in the Lambo. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well, if you have these ideas that you're going to fail or that you're not going to be successful. And look, that is a whole different thing. Also, if uh, like, seriously, um, one of my favorite podcast episodes still to this day is the one that I did with Jerome Lamar. We talked about visual manifestation. Definitely check that episode out. If you are someone who um, suffers with like negative self-talk or like you can't actually visually see the life that you're trying to do. It's a great episode. Jerome is amazing. And I even learned so much and I constantly revisit that episode. But let's say that like you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to look silly or the algorithm isn't even going to like my content or it doesn't even matter because people wanna... put it out there anyway, then what do you got to lose? Honestly, if you think people going to call you ugly, you might as well post it because they're going to do whatever they want to do anyway. And I say that jokingly, but I also mean it so seriously because we get so caught up in our heads thinking that this is how people are going to respond and this is how it's going to look. And it's like, first of all, you don't know if that's really how people are going to respond. You don't know if that could be the one time that the algorithm works in your favor and then now your content is getting blasted everywhere or that one email that you send 
finally gets to the to uh, um you know gets in the inbox of the person who has the means to change your life you don't know stop assuming that you know everything that's the problem we start looking at the track record and we think we can predict the future we're not psychic so you might as well put the content out there like that is one of the biggest things for me this year I'm like, I don't really care anymore. I mean, don't take this with a grain of salt because obviously I care. I care. But like, if I am creating good, serviceable content that is serving a community, I should no longer feel so tied to if some people don't resonate with it or not. That is where my challenge is. My challenge, and I talked about this in the last episode, is detaching myself from the numbers and reattaching myself to the worth. My worth does not change whether five of y'all listen to this episode or five million of y'all listen. It's the numbers are a good way of measuring if you're on, if you're if you're heading the right direction, if numbers is one of your goals. But numbers cannot be the only thing. And numbers will keep us from taking risks. So plan and map out your strategy but then when it's time to go you got to take the risk you got to step out on faith you got to do the thing even if even if you suck it's like this the first time a baby try to walk what they do they fall down and then they be crying and wiggling and everything and then guess what they get back up because they forgot that they fell and then they keep doing it to the point the next thing you know they're running around the house causing a muck and you got to be like a baby You have to be willing to take risks and try something new. I love the saying that you cannot expect something new if you keep doing the same thing. You have to take risks. You have to step out. And taking risks helps you gain so much valuable experience that honestly, you can't learn anywhere else. You know, there are so many things that I have learned just running a business that I did not learn getting my master's, that I did not learn in undergrad. There are just some things about life experiences that taking risks does. And I just want to encourage you all to just step out and take that risk, child. Now, number three is a good one. Um, Not seeking advice. A lot of people want to act like they know everything. I mean, honestly, we live in a culture right now in a society where everybody thinks that there's a do- they're a doctor. Everybody thinks that they are president. Everyone thinks that they this and that. And they be trying to share from their point, um, their point of lens and perspective as if that is the absolute truth. And the reality is similarly to how I said in the beginning of this podcast that these are my experiences and I'm sharing them for me. An absolute truth in your truth does not necessarily mean that those two things are the same. However, it is so important for you to sometimes look in the mirror and say, I do not know the answers. I'm going to seek an experienced professional who can help me. There are so many different things that you can do about seeking advice. You can go um, as an entrepreneur. You should you should talk to lawyers. If if there is money exchange going on, if there are proprietary rights, if there are copyrights going on, if there's anything like that, you should be talking to lawyers. If there's money involved, you should be talking to accountants. Stop thinking that you're the accountant. Now you out here on TurboTax lying about your taxes so you can get some extra money. And then the man going to come sh- come get you and you're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? I'm just a I'm just a small business owner. Like, no, go to the professionals. It is also really important, I think, to have advisors and mentors and sponsors who can give you that valuable advice and help you make the right decisions. Now, 
I say that as someone who has never formally had a mentor before. I think I'm currently in the season right now where I have a couple of sponsors in my work atmosphere, which is really nice. And I'm uh, currently praying and asking God to continue to allow me to be in the right positions so that I can have a mentor and a sponsor for my brand, my personal brand. But the truth of the matter is there are still so many people out there who can serve in advisory capacities. People who you look at who you're like, yo, I would love to emulate what they've done or they are doing something that I want to do or I really appreciate how they do X and and Y. It doesn't matter. They don't have to be in the same industry as you. They don't have to have the same likes and interests as you. If there is some commonality there, you can do that. And I'm now speaking specifically, I know that um, I have such a beautiful medley of listeners to the podcast, right? We are, girl, we are everywhere. We are in Europe. We are in South America. We are in North America. I think one time we had a little people, couple people in Australia. Like this is beautiful. But I want to emphasize this, especially for my black and brown people. Okay. Lean in a little bit more into, into this episode because I want you to hear this part particular. Your mentors and your sponsors do not have to look like you. They don't. And it doesn't make you any less pro-black, pro-Latina, pro-anything. It just simply means that that person has a skill set or something of value that you would like to learn or benefit from. Hopefully that there is a mutualness in there. And that's all it is. So often I think a lot of us start thinking that our mentors have to look like us. And truth of the matter is maybe the best person positioned person in that moment for whatever it is that you need doesn't look like you and honestly we live in a world where everybody is is around and people from all walks of life abound so why just silo yourself to having learnings and teachings from just one group thought or one group identity or one geographical location do you understand what I'm saying It's important to seek out the people who you feel like you can learn from and who can help you take whatever it is that you are thinking of to the next level. But don't get so caught up in making and checking off these these check boxes on this checklist that they have to look like you and sound like you and walk like you and talk like you and have gone to the same school like you and have pledged the same organization like you. That's thinking small. And what are we doing this year, y'all? We thinking big. We thinking big. I told y'all that's my favorite TikTok. I listen to it every day because it's, it's so encouraging and I'm serious. Don't think small, think big. So not seeking advice is number three. Number four, not networking. This is hard. I say, I hate networking. I hate networking. And I know people are gonna be like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I hate networking. Going into rooms with tons of people who I don't know and being required to talk to them gives me hives. And I know you're like, ha ha ha. No, I'm serious. I actually break out. I actually break out in hives. It is not pleasant. It is not cute. It is not fun. Um, Networking can feel very daunting, especially if you are someone who feels um, similarly to me that you're in a room with people who you don't know and like you you don't know like how you're going to go about making connections or if you feel like you're an awkward person or if you're just really really introverted but here's the thing and here's why 
And this is one of the biggest things I wish I had done more of in my early 20s. I'm doing it now that we're post pandemic because the pandemic did throw a, a monkey wrench in there for like two and a half years for a lot of us. But networking does not always have to be where you're actually in a physical room. You can use platforms, you can use social media platforms, you can use LinkedIn to connect with people in your industry or the industry that you're trying to break into. If you're a student and there are people who you want to work for, hit them up. And, and, but the thing about networking though, is that it can't just be a, oh, I've made this connection with you or, oh, I've got your business card and like, that's it. Now give me something. It should be a mutual relationship. Um, it's almost like, I like to look at networking at this point now, almost like dating. Anyone in my life, I'm dating because it's like, there's that first initial point of contact, but then there's that nurturing of the relationship. If you just met some, just some Joe Schmo off the street, and he got your number, and then the next day he's texting you, asking you for for fifteen thousand dollars. What are you gonna say? You gonna be like, get out of my inbox, get out of my phone. What are you talking about? And then you are gonna block him, <laughs> and that's and 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 that's a proper response. But yet we then turn around and we're like, but why did that person? not want to give me the name of their COO um, after we talked and over margaritas. Like, no, baby, that is not how it works. That is not how it works. Let me give you a piece of a piece of feedback because people do this a lot with me now. I think it might be one because of my job or two, maybe because people then find my content. A lot of people get very comfortable very quickly. And then now you look at the bad guy because you had to set boundaries with people who got too comfortable and nudged and honestly violated a personal boundary. But the reality is a lot of people have not learned the art of networking. Networking is an essential part of any business, of any interaction, and it's good. You can also just make friends with people in your industry and not need anything out of them. Can you believe that? Perhaps you go to a beauty networking event and you actually get the contact information of like two or three people who you're really interested in and you send them a follow-up email and then you talk to them again in another three months. Hey, how are you doing? I know we met at this. I've been following your journey on blah, blah, blah. I love that article that you just posted in the New York Times. I just saw that you launched this new um, hero product for your brand. So amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Here's what's going on with me. Blah, blah, blah. Let me know if you would ever like to get coffee. Blah, blah, blah. Done. It doesn't always have to result in immediate return. And in fact, I have learned that the longer you allow a relationship to naturally blossom and grow within networking, the more one, people want to show up for you when you actually need something. But two, people are so much more willing to just give freely because they're not expecting that you're coming after them for something. There's an art to this, right? If you want a mentor, if you want a sponsor, if you want an advisor or whatever, they have to know that they are also receiving something of you and not that you're just taking to take something advantage of. And the reality is, I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna go on to the next point, is I would not ever walk up to, um, let's use that as an example. I would never walk up to Bill Gates and ask him for 
all of the important contacts in his phone because those are relationships that he has been growing and nurturing for years, probably longer than I've even been born, right? It takes time to nurture those relationships. And the idea that people would just expect it to come and just expect someone to just give to you, it's a nice thing to to have if someone is willing to do it. But you should also shouldn't expect, I think sometimes for someone to just roll out the whole red stop simply because you've asked. But it's also like this. It's not hard to nurture those relationships. It's just about showing up, spreading good information or love, being a resource to them. And if you see someone and you see them again at another networking event, go up and talk to them. Or if you're someone who's like, you know what, actually, I get kind of nervous when I want to network, then when you go to networking events, only choose one or two people that you really want to talk talk to. You don't have to talk to everybody in the room. You don't have to work the room. I know people always be like, work the room, work the room. You don't have to do that. I would much rather nurture a couple of relationships and have really deep roots planted than just briefly talk to everybody. All right. So that is another mistake I see people making. They don't network. Um, Number five, not investing in yourself. Now, this can go multiple ways, because when I talk about investment, I personally mean um, both tangible and intangible, qualitative and quantitative. But a lot of people don't actually invest in themselves. Investing in yourself can be everything from um, finally upgrading your, okay, here's a perfect example. I edit a lot of my video content on my laptop. I have an iMac at home, y'all, and I don't know why, but for whatever reason, my brain is programmed to the laptop. I carry my laptop with me to the coffee shop. I carry her with me when I am on the train or when I'm on the plane, whatever. So I'm always thinking laptop. Well, I kept noticing that my laptop was crashing whenever I would try to edit a video. And the reality is I just did not have enough memory to support the amount of space needed for the video files. So what I did was I went all and over to Best Buy and with my Best Buy um, credit card, I went and I got me a new laptop. Now, it doesn't always have to be a extremely high expense like a laptop or like a new camera or a ring light. But you should also think about is the investment that I'm making in myself setting me up for success for whatever it is that I'm trying to do? And if the answer to that is yes, then I always say go for it. Again, go back to number one, the planning, and make sure that it's within the budget, that you're not overspending, and that you have a plan for usage of that item or that thing. But if you can justify it, absolutely. Another thing that you can do is you can outsource uh, services and resources to other people to make them do. I have a videographer now. I have a videographer now who is uh, helping me with like my short form video content on my social media platforms, because this is the thing. I hate doing it. I don't like, I'm sorry, y'all. And I know someone's going to judge me and it's okay. For me personally, if I'm going to do an outfit video or if I'm going to show you my fit, I just, it was, it was too difficult for me to try to shoot it on my phone I did not want to do it in the house. I want to do it outside. It feels more street style. It feels more like what I like. And 
then the truth of the matter is, it's not like I can put my iPhone <laughs> on, on a tripod at the corner and mark the corner street. I'm in New York. Somebody will snatch me up. So I've decided to invest in a videographer who can help me capture and bring to life the ideas and the vision that I have for my brand. Again, this goes back to the idea of creating for, for value and not just for what you think everybody else wants. I'm creating this for me. And to me, when I get that invoice from him, I'm willing to pay that amount because I'm willing to invest in myself because I know that the long-term gain of whatever I'm putting my money towards, it will happen. Wherever you, um, whatever you water will grow. Think about that. Whatever you water will grow, both good and bad. Weeds grow because they're still being watered. And so you should think about, well, what is it that I'm watering in my season, in this season of my life, in in my business, in my brand? Are you watering good things or are you not? Now, again, I'm talking about investments here, but they do not have to be money. Another thing of investment that I'm doing this year is getting better sleep and also decluttering my house. After years of being a fashion and beauty editor, I have amassed a lot of beauty products that honestly, if I think about it, it's nice to have, but I'm probably not going to use. So why should I allow that to take up space in my house that is now not only cluttering my apartment, but it's cluttering my mind? That is an investment too. Now, taking the time out on a Saturday to pack up those things and give them to somebody else. Invest in your space. Make your home feel like something. Make your bedroom feel warm and inviting. If you are someone like me and you suffer with sleep uh, and you have like insomnia, like create the atmosphere for you to thrive in. Those are investments. Invest in good relationships with people. Look, let me tell you something right now. We are in 2023, all right? And if you listen to this any any time later, next year, 10 years from now, whatever, uh, just make it whatever year that we currently in at that time, all right? But as of right now, we are in 2023. Let those unhealthy relationships go. They are like split ends. Just because you want them for length, they are not doing anything for the health of who you are. And the truth of the matter is, I do believe that if you want to unlock the next version, the next vision of who you want to be, you can't bring with you the people who are going to hold you down and who are going to be negative and who are going to water those weeds of your life instead of watering the plants that God has planted. Okay. There is a reason why I have a a small circle. There is a reason why y'all only see certain people on my Instagram stories. I like to keep my space private and I like to keep it intimate because not everybody can have access to this. Not everybody can have access to this. Not everybody can touch the blessing. Okay. Ooh, I felt that. I really did feel that one. Not everybody can touch this. And you have to set up those own, their own, those own blockers for you too. You, you, and everybody can't, can't, can't get with you. Everybody can't go to the club. We can't all get in the car. Some people going to have to walk. They'll meet you there, right? <laughs> so um, invest in yourself. Invest, invest, invest. Tangible investments, non-tangible investments. Invest in who you are around. Invest in the foods that you're eating. Invest in the clothes that you wear. And just and, and make the investment. Make the investment. Number six, not being adaptable. Now, this is a big one because 
we obviously uh, in, in, in business think about the things that we can control, right? And I don't know what the business term of this is. Like I'm not a business executive, <laughs> um, but I think there is a term for like what you foresee could potentially be a problem and then how you want to mitigate that. Right. Like you think about trend forecasting and when you think about those type of things, you're thinking about, OK, what is good about that? But then also where are the obstacles that can occur? And the truth of the matter is you can plan and plan all day long, but baby, there's going to be something that you are not expecting that you have to learn how to be adaptable in. Can I use the biggest example? The pandemic. All of a sudden, people were getting sent home and we thought we were going to be home for a week. And then it turned into two two plus years. People still wearing face masks. People's businesses have still not bounced back. And I'm not blaming any business because uh, the loss of businesses and people's livelihoods during the pandemic is such a sad thing. But what I am saying is the way that you can begin to think of how you can pandemic proof your business or opportunities is thinking about how you can be adaptable in every season that you are in. If you have a brick and mortar, have you thought about your e-commerce business model? Have you thought about how you can use social media? Have you thought about how you can use creators in the creator economy? Have you thought about launching different channels yourself and exploring those things. If you're a creator, are you putting all your eggs in one platform or are you starting to diversify and figure it out? Are you going and actually pitching brands or are you still expecting everyone to come to you? Being, um, it's the difference in my mind between a growth and a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset makes you think that you are safe. Again, going back to this idea about not taking risks, you're fixed. You know what to do. You eat, breathe, live, everything at the same time every day. You know what's going on, but you cannot grow in those things. Or if there is a monkey wrench thrown into the plan, a lot of people don't know how to be fluid and adaptable. A growth mindset understands that there are going to be fluctuations and things that might go right and things that might go wrong, but we have the opportunity to be adaptable. The reality is the business world is constantly changing. The creator economy is constantly changing. Like child, the fact that people even call this a creator economy, when I started in this, in this thing, we didn't have a name for it. We were just looked at, oh, these little bloggers who think that they're editors. And it was like, what? And now... And now you got TikTokers going to the Met Gala. Like tomorrow can be its whole new different set of challenges and things. But the reality is you have to be adaptable. You have to stay open and you have to always think, be thinking uh, a, a couple of steps ahead, right? I think a lot about how a few years ago, people started saying short form video or video rather was really going to take centerfold. It wasn't just going to live on YouTube anymore. We were going to start seeing it in other ways and shapes and forms. And sure enough, the pandemic happened. And the next thing you know, everybody was on TikTok. And as we currently see with the current state of the creator economy, we have Instagram competing for short form video. We have YouTube about to monetize shorts. There's just uh, this whole thing that is happening that is supporting short form video. And so being able to distinguish the forest from the trees, but also being able to look ahead is really a, an amazing skill that people should have and adapt and grow because it will ultimately always set you up for success no matter how things shake out. Um, 
And then the last one, because this one really touches, I mean, all these, again, they all hit me. Um, and so I had to humble myself when I was recording this episode, but um, not having enough patience. I have preached this many, many, many times before, and I will constantly do it, that we might live in a microwavable society, but you should not want a microwavable blessing. And so if you want a fully baked, savory blessing from the one above, baby, you better learn how to sit down and be patient. I have to actually like talk to myself like a grown man sometimes because I find myself being very impatient thinking that I should be 10 steps ahead I should be doing this the whatever this is I might be I feel like I need to be doing this already or I should have already accomplished that or I should have this and I sometimes have to sit down and be like girl when it is the time it will happen And we have to understand that you can do all these things. You can take the risks. You can network. You can seek advice. You can invest in yourself. But we should also enjoy the process. We should also enjoy the journey. And when the thing, whatever that thing is for you, comes to be, it will resonate so much with you because you finally have something that you feel very proud of. I do believe that. For me, I think a lot of my patience this year is also grounding in the idea of surrendering. You have to surrender that thing, whatever that thing is. Because if you get so fixated on figuring out, okay, how am I doing this? How am I doing that? There's a balancing act between surrendering something to its higher purpose of whatever it can be and also still showing up every day actively working towards it. There's this clip that everyone looks loves uh, where Carrie Washington is, says that, um, I think she's talking about faith in particular. She was like, faith is when um, you pray that you will catch the, bu- the last bus of the night and then you run as fast as you can. So many people are just praying that they catch the bus, but baby, the bus is coming and you're not getting up. You're not getting prepared and you're not running. Or on the flip side, you're not even setting yourself up. You just going to run aimlessly for it. Not even knowing if that's the right bus that you're supposed to be on. And I think that so often that is what we're looking at when we're creators. We, we're chasing these metrics. We're chasing the algorithm. We're chasing people's approval. We're chasing the brand partnerships. We're chasing this. We're chasing that. How about you chase God and let him figure out everything else? And instead of you sitting up at night wondering why this isn't happening and this isn't happening and why this one stuff, give it over to something else. Let him handle that. You go to bed. And when it's time, it will come forth and it will be everything. I I constantly ask God not to give me something before I'm ready. So then I can't be mad when I don't have something because I'm not ready yet. And for whatever reason that that might mean I'm not ready, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I don't know why the Lord's saying there's certain things I'm not ready for. I don't know. But it's in the process of preparing for me to become that person who can handle that blessing that all of those learnings and the lessons and everything else comes, right? Don't don't want the blessing so quickly that you get it and you fumble the bag. 
because that's what's happening. A lot of people, we've seen this. A great example of this are the TikToks, a lot of TikTok stars, not everybody, but a lot of them. If they had no business plan, if they had no whatever, they went viral and all of a sudden they couldn't sustain it. Now their health is is all over the place depression out the wazoo they can't make any money outside of the platform they can't do anything they're stressed out uh they don't know how to handle it a lot of people get the blessing so quick and then they don't know how to sustain it so in this season whatever season you're in in your life as you're working towards whatever just pray for the patience that when it comes it'll come and you will be where you need to be to receive that And it's also like this. Again, there are steps to this. It's not like you're not growing to become that person. You are every single day. Every single day you're getting up and you are adding new things into your toolkit. New things into your heart and your spirit. New things into your business. There are so many things that I have learned in my business now that are going to help prepare me to take that to the next level when the time comes. And the same thing is for you. So, Let's see, not planning, not taking risks, not seeking advice, not networking, not investing in yourself, not being adaptable and not having patience. Okay, those are the seven uh, mistakes that your kid, that the kid here <laughs> has made and, I'm te- and I share with y'all how to avoid them. I hope you guys like this episode. I really do. Um, I'm sorry that this is not an episode that is also on YouTube. Uh, More information on that, but hopefully by next week, we will be up and running with the YouTube content with the podcast. So, excuse me, if some of y'all were like, I wanna see your face. I'm crusty right now anyway, okay? It's that time of year with the weather and everything like that. So, hope you guys like this episode. If you did, you already know what to do. Leave me a rating and review, preferably five stars. You know, that would make my day. An Apple podcast. If you're listening in Apple podcast, if you're listening anywhere else, you know what you can do. You can screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram story, share it on TikTok, share it on Twitter, whatever. Tag me. I'm at the blonde misfit. I love when you guys do that. I can share it with my audience. Uh, and I just love to see like who's listening to the podcast and what is sticking out to you. So anywho, y'all, I am off. I will be back with next week's episode. Stay blessed, stay beautiful, stay black, but only if you black. And most importantly, stay misfit.